1: us gassing on about it
2: Give in the word i don't think it means what you think it means by the
0: way you know when you're when you're telling these little stories you have a big mouth here's a good idea what are you even talking about have a point why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers it makes it so much more interesting for the listener we need to have
1: more points yeah, but then it wouldn't be the train wreck of a podcast that we have it's <laughs> so true. <laughs> I'm
0: slowly re-listening to old podcasts, and <laughs> uh, you remember the you remember the episode we had with uh, Mike, the tape guy, Mike Bordeaux? Brazo, 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 Brazo. Yep. Yes, he's yep. the guy. Um, I, I just listened to I re-listened to that. I don't know. That was episode thirty. That was a while ago. Two or something. I think it was
1: episode thirty-two. So What are like we on now? Like forty. Then today,
0: today is forty-four.
1: This is so episode
0: forty-four. Ten weeks ago,
1: right? We've been pretty good at doing the like, whole weekly thing.
0: Yeah, we've been pretty. I don't think. I don't think we've missed one since end of August, anyway. Pretty much since we changed our format
1: and stopped editing. That, that's <laughs> that's fair.
0: <laughs> anyway, the the first 20 minutes of that episode were filled with awkward pauses and and awkward stories and me sharing too much and just, it was hilarious. A train wreck. It was a train wreck, yeah. Made for horrible radio. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good thing we're not on... Um, uh, Airwaves radio.
1: We're on the land of the internet. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think we would make it on actual radio.
0: Yeah, I, I think we could on like college radio or something. We'd have to swear a lot less. But mm. I think we, I think we'd be okay. Besides, if we did, if we were on actual radio, people would probably expect us to play play music too. Yeah. Uh. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know. (laughs) The actual music that radio would want us to play or would force us to play.
0: Well, see, those kind of radio stations wouldn't have anything to do with this. Yeah. I'm talking more like the college radio stations where they give you an hour or they give you two hours and that's your show. You choose whatever you want. As long as you...
1: There'd be a lot of weird things on that show. Yeah. Like, I would probably introduce... uh, John Benjamin's record, the guy who plays, uh, or he's a voice actor okay. uh, for a bunch of cartoons. He's done, he is the character Archer. Oh, yeah, okay. So that guy, he's he's got a pretty recognizable voice. Everybody's using him for many cartoons right now. Sweet. But he, he made a smooth jazz record <laughs> called uh, <laughs> nice. I Should Have, in parentheses, Learned How to Play Piano. <laughs> and it is quite literally him. Just hitting notes on a piano, and then his jazz band that he has backing him, following what he's doing.
0: (laughs) Like they're actually able to follow him.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh man, you could tell like
1: the guys he hired to to as his back band, like they're incredibly talented guys. There's like a saxophone. There's a point in the record where there's a saxophone, piano back and forth, and he's just trying to (laughs) screw him up. (laughs) and the sax guy's doing like a legitimately good job of like keeping up with him but like there's one exchange that he does he actually cuts off the sax (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome it is it is great in the sense that it's like so bad it's good yeah nice like it it kind of borders that land of like is this actually good or is this guy like a legitimate genius and just figured something out that should sound bad, but somehow you enjoy it. (laughs) 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 I would put that on that. That would be the thing I would put on this week. If we had that kind of a radio show, that kind of, all right. Fair enough among other weird things that i listen to.
0: Yeah, your collection is largely weird anyway.
1: Yeah. But yeah. it's always been what i've been into is weirder stuff. Yeah.
0: See, and i i'm i would not go weird, but i would go i would go 25 plus years ago. Eh, Last fair. week. Um so I, <clears throat> i've been a have you heard of the band Temple of the Dog? I should just start there. Temple of the Dog. Mm, they it's were not ringing any bells. They were a one-off album of Chris Cornell and the drummer from Soundgarden. Okay. Plus the string section
1: of Pearl Jam. That sounds like a pretty good collection of yeah artists. Uh, where all of the songs are written
0: by Chris Cornell that wouldn't fit in a Soundgarden catalog. That
1: sounds like it could be interesting.
0: And it is, for me, it's it's always been
1: and always will be a a
0: Desert Island Top 5 album. Hmm. And Pearl Jam, because Pearl Jam, I guess, they have... Eddie Vedder guested on a couple of songs, but this is before Pearl Jam released their first record. Right. Um, And so no one knew who he was, but the record didn't come out until after Pearl Jam's record broke. Anyway. um, So the Pearl Jam just this year decided to make it, uh, make that record available on vinyl. And I, I think they're just the facilitators Um, they're not releasing it to stores. They're not releasing it to online resellers. It's just for fan club members of Pearl Jam. And I don't know if, if Soundgarden is doing it or, or if, uh, that's,
1: that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, so about six or seven months ago, me and a buddy, um, who also enjoys the band, um, or, although he's a huge Pearl Jam fan, um, Decided to order a couple of the couple of the copies of it, and so I've been I've been listening to it since Wednesday, almost a week now. I've been listening to it and just about nothing else.
1: That sounds like me when I find a new record that I really like is pretty much that and nothing else. Occasionally, I'll listen to another record just as like a little break, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I tend to listen to the records I really enjoy. I tend to listen to to the point where I get. To that point where I can hear all the mistakes, right? Well, that and, weren't necessarily caught or like some or, of the or, sonic or just
0: accepted, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, in this one, this one is because it's. I think they recorded it 1990, as I or or maybe it was 1989. It was right in between. It was right in between the end of hair rock and the start of grunge and it doesn't fit into either category.
1: Um, okay. So it's like the, it, the time period of when everybody's trying to find that next thing kind of
0: something like that, right?
1: But it has a lot of it
0: has a lot of uh, songwriting throwbacks to um to Pink Floyd and to Queen um and uh, uh and and that kind of like still not quite not quite genre fitting um influences mhm and it certainly it sounds nothing like like Pearl Jam or Soundgarden but it's got Chris Cornell's voice which is right you know, full of full of blues and full of kind of like pre-grunge riffs um and nothing nothing that's heavy you know like powerful emotional stuff but um great songwriting and then that of course that one hit um hunger strike that was humongous through the 90s right
1: this makes me think of uh a thing that uh sleeping in traffic's doing with their record
0: oh yeah I, i'm still super excited to hear that
1: oh which version
0: are you, are, are you mixing the entire thing?
1: No. Oh, okay. I wish I I haven't been sent the files. So I'm going to be pushing to get the files just so I could play with it. Mm-hmm. But I've been told of uh, how they're going to release the record. And depending on where you buy the record, you'll get a different version of the record. There's a part where there's a couple bars where um, they'll do different things. So, depending on your version of the record, you will get, on one song, a couple bars where, like, um, Corey, the singer, he does a thing where he does the uh, Scooby-Doo-Bop, like, vocal thing with the drums, but they're also doing other versions of that uh, on yeah so if you buy it on bandcamp you'll get a different version if you, then if you bought it on itunes or somewhere else and they did i think three different versions why just for the fun of it they they just thought it was fun and then they they like approached jamie king who's a big prog yeah. metal um
0: yeah I remember you talking about him yeah. before
1: yeah I, I enjoy his stuff and i, I even kind of convinced. Uh, Corey, to approach him to master their record. And when they approached him and were like, would this be a pain in the ass or would you be open to it? I guess apparently he said, oh man, that sounds fun. Let's do it. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) But if if it's only a couple
0: bars, as a fan, that sounds annoying. If it was, if it was, if it was like different lyrics or if it was, um, over the course of an entire song. Um,
1: I'm not entirely sure how long it is, but it is like a little bit of a thing. And I think it's like near the end of the record and they're just doing it for the sheer fun of it.
2: Sure.
1: But
0: as a fan, as a fan, just the sound of that, with it in mind, of course, that it's just a little tiny bit Mm -hmm. and not, not something significant. I'm annoyed at that. As an from an artistic perspective, i I can see the excitement that they would have of that. But as a fan, that's fucking annoying. And and the more I think about it, the more annoyed I am with <laughs> that. Like if 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 I'm going to be getting different versions of the song, or if there's different versions out there, especially if I'm the type of fan that's going to go and try to find all the versions to make sure I have the entire collection and like, fuck that. Like I'm, I'm really annoyed at that. Now my annoyance will disappear if it turns out like they're doing, they're doing that over the course of an entire song where there's subtle differences of, you know, version one and one A and version one B. Right. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Like
0: that, that to me is really cool but
1: i'm you're... not entirely sure how they plan on doing it i just yeah. know that on there's going to be three different versions of right. that particular part and they're they're I calling it easter eggs like it shouldn't
0: so, so it'll be it'll be tiny little things
1: yeah, yeah. It, it is tiny little things and it shouldn't make huge difference from song to song but like and a super the... fan might actually be like oh this is actually like this part is Different in this version than that version. Yeah,
0: as a as a not yet fan, like I'm super excited, and I'm gonna buy the record when it comes out, regardless. But um, as a not quite fan yet, because I don't actually know what the full songs sound like. Yeah, I've only heard the the tracks they they recorded here.
1: I've heard parts of it because <laughs> I've been asked for my opinion, like mix wise and stuff like that. Oh yeah, Sorry. and. I, I, so I've heard, I think I heard like a good 15, 20 minutes worth of the record.
2: And, you know, it, it sounds cool from what I've, I've heard. And I've
1: made some suggestions. Like they have a part where they're trying to build tension so they have everything like cut off. Right. But you could hear drum tails. So my suggestion was trim that drum, drum tail so that oh, yeah. it, Sounds unnaturally and actually helps build the tension. Build the tension, yeah. That's awesome. I like that stuff. Yeah. 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 That was just one of the things I I like noted to him. And I don't know if well, I'm I'm pretty sure Corey did try it out. I'm just not sure if it my suggestion made the final mix or not. Be cool if it did, but
0: yeah. whatever. Yeah. I think it would be cool to have to have different versions. Of the record, or even just different versions of a song. Um, but if it's just tiny little, tiny little nuggets. I
1: don't know. The way he I'm described it, it should be just a small... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he, might, he might not. <laughs> but from the way it, it was described to me, it sounded pretty cool. It sounded like something that, like, if you were a super fan of the band, you mm. might go out of your way to all three different versions but if you weren't a super fan they were trying to make it so that it, you know it's still the same song
2: it's just it has that little bit of mm. a different part yeah fair enough it makes me want to start doing that now hmm it like a cool idea to me when it was described to me and and the
0: when you when the idea first left your mouth the cool thing that crossed my mind was lyrics that are subtly different. Like if you, you twist a word here and there that completely changes the meaning of the song.
2: I, or yeah, yeah.
1: fair enough. That would be kind of cool too, which would be, I don't think that's what they did. Cause I think no. the yeah. parts they changed were more instrumental things that things
0: that largely wouldn't wouldn't affect the their intention of the song.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just little like a, a little instrument breaks that and yeah. doing that differently. At least the way it was described to me that's what it sounds like they did. Right.
0: I had to sit through another conversation um I'm sure I've bitched about this before, but I had to sit through uh, another conversation with a songwriter who admitted that his lyrics don't mean anything, <sighs> and it was so. It wasn't frustrating this time; it was disheartening.
2: Because so they song, just
1: put words together.
0: Um, well, what it was, um, he would he he would write. Some music. He would start coming up with a melody and he would just start fitting words into the melody and whatever combination of words he ended up with at the end, that was the song. Oh. And and he he fully admitted like he didn't even know what some of his songs were about, if they were about anything, because they don't they weren't specifically about anything to him. Yeah. And I can totally I can totally see that from a let's discover what this song is about. Let's, let's, you know, let's see what comes out of us as the words come through, come to us through inspiration or whatever. But at least at some point, you know what it's about and you make it about that. You would hope you would hope, right? Yeah. Anyway, that was a frustrating thing. And, 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 you know, I remember very clearly the conversation, but I can't for the life of me. This is this is how specifically this impacted me. I can't for the life of me remember what the guy looks like because I didn't actually know him. I just remember standing off to the side, watching him have this conversation with someone else and being so frustrated that this is happening.
1: Yeah. And that's why... I I th- I think that's why when I notice lyrics because mm-hmm. I I usually don't pay attention all that much to lyrics right but when the lyrics do stand out to me it's and I do research it it tends to be like that person put some serious thought into their lyrics
0: yeah yeah well um great case in point um the guys from Desperado Pilots we here recording their EP two weekends ago last weekend of november i think it was and bill the singer who i think writes i think he writes all the lyrics um like he was incredibly crafty um with wordplay and with specific intentions of his song and and he'd even he he'd, he'd even spent time once the once they got the scratch tracks down and all the rest of the band was putting their stuff together, he would spend some time listening and, you know, making sure that he was really happy with all the word choice and, and, and make sure everything was saying what he wanted it to say and, and all this kind of stuff. And it was, it was, it was really almost refreshing to have someone like that focus quite a bit on, on the details and the minutia. And, and you could tell even if you didn't know the inside joke or the inside, reference um you could tell that every word meant something even if it didn't mean anything to me yet
2: right Mm -hmm.
0: flip that around and even though i'm not as fond of this in songwriting i know a lot of a lot of people do this um the guys from houston gray um in the studio last night to do uh to do the studio Sunday sessions, an acoustic live broadcast we do on G Radio, and they were amazing. Like I love, I love their sound. I love their energy. Um, I got a copy of their their first EP, um, and I'm really looking forward to to their next full length. Um, but one thing that Joe had mentioned was, the songs mean something very personal to him, but he tries to. He tries to keep the lyrics much more open to interpretation so that they mean one thing to him, but another listener would hear it and they'd, they might mean something different to them and another listener might hear it, they might mean something different to them.
1: That's, that's pretty cool. Some of Yeah. Well, one of my favorite uh, vocalist Sash, lyricist I don't know, maybe because I can relate to him, I I can tell what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, right. Is it like I've I've read like interviews where he talks about his life and so then it's like I, I listen to his songs, hear some of the lyrics that he comes up with and he, he comes up with like some really great ways to describe terrible situations, situations I've even been in and it's just like, yeah, that is like that. <laughs> and I don't know, the songs mean that. I can t- I know where he's coming from and I can understand a lot of that but then talking to some of my friends about the same song it's completely different to them it's really interesting when that happens
0: yeah see and I'm I maybe I don't pay as much attention as I think I do but I tend to prefer songs that have quite a bit more specificity in the word choice.
1: Um, well, this guy does have very specific word choices. It's just the way he words it, you can use it as an allegory for something else. Oh, sure. Okay. Or, and, and usually it's pretty obvious what he's talking about. Like if he's talking about drug use, it's usually pretty obvious that that's what he's talking about. Sure. Sure but again you can use it as an allegory for a bad relationship let's say i'm just spitballing i don't know
0: yeah well and and i guess i guess all poetry lyrics whatever can have or most of it can have some sort of open to interpretation type of thing cuz you're yeah. trying to fit you're trying to fit a, a lot of idea into what's usually but, pretty short but
1: typically story. with this guy his name's anthony Green, Is he could he can word something that sounds like it should be a cliche, but the words he uses are so far from a cliche. Like, he's pretty brilliant with words and okay. combining cool. them to be something. I don't know. Some of the lines that he comes up with is just like, wow, that is brilliant. Just the way he worded it.
0: Well, and, and for me, I... Do you remember Our Lady Peace? Yep. Rain Mehta. Um I really enjoyed their first two records. And I don't know why, because they were kind of on the weird side. But um, he started to, I started to really dislike the music that he would do, specifically lyrically, because he started becoming really, really vague. And it would be pretty rare that he would have an actual detail in one of his songs, like something that's hard to misinterpret. Mm -hmm. You know, not not impossible, but at least at least pretty specific.
1: That sounds like the typical. We got super successful, and in order to stay super successful, we have to make it so that everyone relates to our songs rather than.
0: Even he even said that after after their fifth album. Uh, I heard an interview with him on some radio station, and he had said that he tries to write songs devoid of as much detail as possible, so that the listener can relate as instantaneously
1: as possible. And that's and, what and that was. Most that was, Billboard artists do,
0: I guess. But that was it. Was it was the moment that I completely start stopped listening to Our Lady Peace. It, it just it, I mean, and it was many years ago too. But it just completely summed up why I don't enjoy the band anymore.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. Some I've
1: noticed even with the writing camps that go in, that are trying for the Billboard Hot One Hundred or whatever it is. Right. It it seems like those camps are always like we need to make this as vague as possible so that we can get the widest net of listeners. See and, and
0: the most successful genre on the planet, unfortunately, country music doesn't do that.
1: No, they're incredibly specific.
0: I know, right? I'm in my XYZ brand of truck uh with my any. Now, now <laughs> most country songs I, you know, lyrically I want nothing to do with, but Yeah. But at the very least, at the very least when they tell a story they're telling a story and they're not trying to hide behind vagities and, and they have no problem putting in detail that helps you under, I mean, even, even Taylor Swift, who is, who is in 2016 or 2015's, um, number one moneymaker, uh, in the entire music industry.
1: Uh, yeah, but I don't think she's considered country anymore.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough, but she got her start. She got her ah, uh, yeah, her she got her start
1: through. in country, and then she moved away.
0: But even even her songs at sixteen years old were rife with detail. Yeah, there was, and maybe she maybe as a uh, sixteen year old she didn't go over the top,
1: but I think her songs are still pretty detailed, because mm-hmm. a lot of times people are able to pick out who she's talking about with her. Songs apparently at least according to the headlines I read, that I yeah. kind of browse over because I don't really give a shit what her songs are about.
0: Yeah, or even even someone like I don't know a lot of Lady Gaga songs,
1: but the song "Paparazzi," her new stuff's weird. All her stuff is kind of weird. Yeah, but that the the record that "Paparazzi" is on, that's kind of her more. Poppy. Oh, is it? Um, okay. it? It sounds like it belongs in the pop charts type of thing. Yeah. The record after that, though, is just like um, pretty much committing suicide from being a part of that group of artists. And it worked for her. Oh, well, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, it, it's awesome hearing it because it's like it's... You could tell she actually had some say in the, in the music, I guess. And and that she's being creative in a sense. And she's doing some weird stuff with pop music, which is not typically, um, what's the word? Most producers will try to sway you away from that in that world, it seems like to me. Sway you a little more towards... The marketable stuff. Whereas that record was very, you know, if if she wanted to make it 20 minutes long... a, or a song 20 minutes long, like she would have done it, right? And I think she does have like some pretty long songs that are like eight minutes or whatever. Yeah, some of the album cuts, but then Justin Timberlake does this
0: does the same thing. Like, like his second yeah, record, his like, second record, the shortest song on the record was four and a half
1: minutes long. Now, they made a whole bunch of radio He doesn't cuts, but... do weird things with well. I'll,
0: not not super weird thing. Like his it,
1: longer songs are still a Timberland song, and a lot yeah. of times people want to listen to Timberland's music it's, for a long period of time because that the, guy is brilliant. It's one of the
0: reasons I I really enjoyed that record. Um, someone gave the gave the record to me, and I have there were six songs on that on it that I actually enjoyed. We're going in the wrong direction. Yeah. (laughs) My point was, I really like lyrics that, even if I don't understand them, they can be very specific.
2: Yep. And I'm not a fan of the generic... open to interpretation,
0: on purpose thing. Not that they're bad. I mean, they, they obviously appeal to a lot of people... And that's the, I mean, that's in a lot of ways, that's the point of music, right? But
1: Fair enough. If there's one thing I don't like about lyrics, it's um, when you can tell they just threw words together. Yeah, yeah. Like you actually analyze it and it's like, okay, so for this bit of the verse, it kind of makes sense, all the words you put together, but then it just turns around and you're throwing words that like, I don't mean anything in context of the song. They're just there because they fill syllables for your melody. <laughs> um, I think the best example I can
0: think of is Pour Some Sugar on Me by Def Leppard.
1: Uh, I- or even Nirvana's um, song, where there's quite literally like the chorus is nonsense. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit.
2: Uh,
1: I think that's the song I'm thinking of. I mean, you can't understand Kurt Cobain anyway, in in, uh, like really any of his songs, but apparently, I think the the main hook of that song was like nonsense. He's just, no, that
0: one, that one, that one makes sense enough.
1: Okay. Well, there is a song he has where the hook is nonsense. Like, Cause the it, actual lyrics are just, like, weird noises. <laughs> uh, Fair enough.
0: I don't know Nirvana's
1: catalog well enough to... Nor do I. I don't really listen to him all that much. But I, I've heard, like, jazz remakes of some of their songs, and, like, people are, like, making nonsense and yeah. just saying the actual lyrics and it's just like wow it, it sounds it's like you listen to a jazz singer singing these lyrics and it's just like why is this a, a, a good song <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense <laughs> as I get chastised for hating on Nirvana but I mean grunge was never my thing anyway yeah you you were just just past the grunge thing. Like you're you're uh yeah, generation. the generation before me was the whole grunge generation. That was mine, man. I re- I remember thinking a lot of like why do the cool kids cuz they're older than me so they're automatically cool as right. a child. Yeah. <laughs> why do they all like this? Because all this is crap. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. And somehow I got into punk rock. That's a weird place to go. Yeah.
1: And some hip-hop, which, now that I look back at it, like, the only hip-hop that I actually liked of my generation was, like, Dr. Dre's stuff. If Mm -hmm. Dr. Dre did it, I liked it. Even to this day, if Dr. Dre does a record or something, like, I typically like what he does, whereas other guys they don't have
2: the the thing that does it for me.
0: Yeah. I can I can relate to that on the level of you're probably like that with with most genres. You know, it
1: yeah. There's definitely
0: Right, like there like there's something there's there's someone out there that does every genre in a way that You'll appreciate, but as a rule, you probably don't enjoy
1: most of what's in that genre. Yeah, I, I'd say that's pretty fair. Okay. For the genres that I'm typically not into, yeah, I'd probably say that's a fair statement. Where there, there's like a producer who does it in a way that I can right. enjoy, whereas normally I maybe not enjoy.
0: Is there a genre that, as a as a as a rule? Or as a generalization, that's a genre where you probably like pretty much everything in it?
2: Uh, no,
1: because mm. I don't think that exists. Because if I do get into a genre and I think like, oh, there's a lot of good things going on. Typically, that's like the beginning of like, uh, like the, the gent scene or type, type thing. Like I found that and I thought I enjoyed everything in it. But as I got further into the genre, I start to see the copycat artists. And then it's like, I, I, see, I don't know. Every time I get into a genre where I'm hearing, like, I'll hear the guys who are really good at it. Yeah. And as I dig in deeper, then I, I get to hear the guys that aren't doing it well. That's and that seems to be how I, I go about listening is, like, I, I tend to find, like, the artists that are really good at a genre and then as I dig deeper into that genre, I noticed other artists that are just trying, being cheap copies of the guys who are really good and yeah. it doesn't sound the same. See, I find, I
0: find a, lot of, a lot of music that a decade ago or more I would have absolutely loved
2: is turning me off because so much screaming is going on in it.
0: I'm a fan. I'm a fan of a lot of heavy, progressive, creative music,
1: and uh, that's another thing I'm getting sick of too. I I know, like everybody wants to do the screaming. Ten years ago, I would have been all for the screaming thing, but nowadays it's it's so overused in the heavier genres that it's just like I'm 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 done. Yeah, and and and
0: I know the screaming thing the the screaming, the growling, whatever you want to call it um has been going on for almost 20 years, probably even more, but it started um, in the 80s. There you go. I, I I've never been specifically interested because I don't I, I don't enjoy listening to people scream in real life in music whatever. Um and I find so much be, because it's become such a prominent thing. It's almost like it's almost like the mainstream thing to do. Um, I, I find so much music that I would otherwise absolutely love. It just turns me off because there's screaming in it, and just and I, and and, and so I, I find so little to enjoy these days.
1: I'm I, even noticing things that I used to love. I can't listen to anymore because the screaming. That's fair.
0: I don't have anything at that like there's there's one band that I used to really enjoy and I st- I still enjoy for that matter but they've long since broken up um Dead Poetic they were a band out of I think they were a band out of Columbus Yeah okay Sounds and they, familiar Yeah I I've, I've probably talked to them talked about them before okay. um they didn't do anything specifically new or creative they were still they were just kind of in that you know 2004 2007 scene that was you know hard rock with singing and screaming
1: oh yeah you know like yeah. they like that was really big then
0: yeah they were just they're just part of that and they didn't do anything specifically new i just happened to really like the way they did put their songs together and they had like they literally it, it was the singer and the guitar player were the only constants through their three records, and the entire band changed for every sing- The entire rest of the band changed for every single record, um, and so each record sounds dramatically different.
1: It makes me think of a band I really like, um, Darkest Hour, and I think I've heard you talk about them before. Yeah, uh, I think they started. Oh, I don't remember when they started, but uh, let's say early two thousands. They started okay. and they're still a band, but there's only two members that were a part of their original lineup that are still right. in it. And it is the, I think it's the singer and the guitarist Okay, are the only original members and the rest of the band has changed. Just
0: kind of comes and goes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot and of bands do that, that, that last, a lot of bands that last seem to do that.
1: Well, it's interesting what, Like if you listen from like their first record and you go on, it's like interesting because you can actually hear like the change of members. Um, Like they had a a lead guitarist in the band who did all their solos for I think it was two or three records. And like there's an era where like that guitarist and you can hear their sound was that specific thing. Whereas before, it was like a really punk rock metal kind of thing. There wasn't really any solos or anything like that. But yeah, they had the guitar solos. And then like after that, they still have guitar solos because you could hear that the second guitarist, the original guitarist, got better as a player. Right. Yeah, I think <laughs> from extension of having the one player that they had who was doing the solos and stuff, because he's also a guitar teacher, strangely <laughs> enough. And it's, it's, it's been interesting, but they sound different than that era now. And it's
2: really interesting to hear that. Yeah. One of the, one of the bands, one of the bands I, I that constantly
0: comes to mind when I think about, about that kind of thing, how their sound evolves. Um, it's, it's hard to separate age from those kind of evolutions too, but Yeah. um Opeth. Yeah. I'm not a huge Opeth fan, but a lot well, of their stuff
1: between they, um supposedly, I don't know if this is actually true, but it supposedly have angered a lot of fans with their most recent record cuz Oh, really? Yeah, cuz it kind of sways away from the whole metal thing and is in comparison a lot softer than what they used to do
0: well they've been they've been like they've been steering subtly in that direction for the last fifteen years, though
1: yeah, well it, it's just one of those things about like the metal yeah. crowd I've noticed that, where it's like, oh, you screamed less than on previous records this record, so <laughs> now we don't like it because you're singing more, yeah, you know you're you're actually his showing voice
0: is pretty awesome,
1: yeah. Well, it's just a thing I've, I've noticed with different, right. b- different yeah. bands because even like Between the Buried Me who's for the most part for like the past 10 years has been a prog metal band right. because there's this most recent record because they screamed less and were singing more. A lot of metalheads are all saying, oh, they're no good anymore because they scream less. It's just like he's showing that he has more talent but somehow... You don't like it anymore and, and but yet you all want an increase in talent on records so it's just it yeah it baffles me but well,
0: there metal love it to death, but metal seems to be and 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 I'm, I'm going to anger a lot of metal heads with this, but metal seems to me
2: No, you know what that's not even a fair statement. Now you
1: are only because you're <laughs> not going to say what you were going to say.
0: Well, I was going to call. I was going to call a lot of metal fans, um, and 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 I'm and I'm I'm overgeneralizing here, so I already know that my comment is not correct. But I was going to call a lot of metal fans kind of this, the equivalent of a redneck, because they they really like their thing and they don't want their thing to change and they want. They're, they're super protective of their thing and they're, 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 they're super nice people until you push the right buttons and then they're just not nice people at all. And, and, and yeah, metal that, people can, you know, like metalheads can argue with There's definitely the an your, overgeneralized
1: okay. statement, but it is like the characteristic of metal fans can definitely be compared to like the rednecks about country. Because, you know, rednecks about country, he introduced an 808 in their their country music and then they get all up in arms that you're right. bastardizing their music.
0: Oh no, there's a black man singing country music. The world is coming to an end. <laughs>
1: <God>. that, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that was a complaint from it, it, somebody.
0: It legitimately was. There was a... Darius Rucker, lead singer of Hootie and the Blowfish, mm-hmm. who is a black man and a wonderful singer and a wonderful songwriter, started doing country music uh, four, five, six years ago, maybe. Um, and he's, he's having some really nice success. And I actually really enjoy his voice in country music. Um, not that I've paid a ton of attention to it, but the stuff that I've heard, I've enjoyed. And there has absolutely been an outcry because suddenly there's a black man singing country music. It's just you know he, he's not he's not the first. He's certainly not the last. But just the fact that there was, it was just
2: fuck. Yeah.
0: It it baffles Rockley. me how it's how country music is still making more money than everything else. But yeah. at the same time, it doesn't.
1: So. I'm glad things like that don't really seem. Uh, noticeable in the metal scene, it's more just Very like true. the yeah. way you do it is what they get up in arms yeah. about.
0: And like, and the thing with metal guys is there they may not be they may not be. And again, I'm overgeneralizing, right? But I notice a lot of metal scene. Want to choose my words carefully here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um,
0: they they may not be racist okay but there is definitely a lot of anger issues and there is definitely a lot of prejudicial treatment um and for example it's more common for me who i dress half like a like a guy that should be in a construction zone and half like uh, a comic book geek.
2: Okay.
0: And I, the only place I ever feel judged because I don't, I don't quote unquote fit in is at metal shows.
1: I've noticed that recent years since I stopped doing, well, haven't really stopped Wearing like the metal shirts and blue jeans thing. Like, I still do have that, but mm-hmm. I wear my fancy shoes a lot. You do.
0: Since you got that fancy job, <laughs> you started wearing your yeah, fancy so shoes. Yeah, such a fancy a job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I was forced to buy like a pair of fancy shoes, and they're super comfortable and easier to put on than Converse. <laughs> although wearing Converse in a metal crowd, it also makes you stand out. Yeah. If you're not wearing boots. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm kind of like, I wouldn't, I've never recognized myself as a metalhead. I've always, I'm the punk guy. And this is literally how pretty much my career in music went is yeah. like, I played punk music. That's what I did until I was trying out for, bands and every band I tried out for wanted to play metal. Right. And so I was kind of put in a position where I was pushed to do metal. So I'm 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 a punk guy who got it really into the metal scene type of thing out of just circumstances of I wanted to play in a band. Yeah. Played in a metal band and eventually I was Recording, producing, mixing metal bands. And damn good at it, too. I don't know about that, but, you know, people did hire me to work on their metal records, and they seem to enjoy them. I know what they should sound like, but I haven't changed my... Well, I haven't changed much about who I am as a person. Like, I am the converse wearing band t-shirt, blue jeans, pretty punk rock-ish looking guy. But I am—I am, I got that leaning into metal that metalheads right. are able to accept. But I think a lot of metalheads know that I'm, I'm probably lean more on the punk rock side of things. Right. As they're judging me. Except <laughs> when I'm wearing my... My fancy shoes, I, I, they probably look at me differently.
0: You know one thing I notice um, in the metal scene? The judgments tend to come from fans that aren't also musicians. Like musicians in the metal scene tend to be less judgmental. It tends to be more the fans that I feel that from. Now, it's hard to tell when everybody's in the crowd, but...
2: Fair
1: enough. I haven't... Uh, I don't know. Part of being... In that scene i haven't noticed any like do you, poor treatment do you because
0: you, you dress largely you dress very punk and metal um do you ever feel when you're in in some other scene do you ever feel judged or 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 or
1: it's hard any, to you say don't really notice um I don't know. As I get older, maybe it's because I care less about noticing what people see of me. But like if I go to a pop show because there's a pop artist that I like because I do listen to a lot of music. Mm -hmm. So, you know, occasionally I go to some shows that maybe I don't fit in stylistically. Right. Um, But when I was younger, I did notice that I would get some weird looks of like, what are you doing here? Yep. No one's ever treated me. I, and I think it's because of the notion of like, that person looks punk rock or metal-esque. Like yeah, a lot did. of people are scared or people <laughs> who are not a part of that scene. Don't understand it. Or don't understand it. Uh, they kind of tend to be a little hesitant to approach you and be a jackass
0: to you. Now, is that is that possibly because... Over the last, I want to say over the last 10, 15 years, the the fan base has blurred a lot. You know, like... It's possible. Um, like it, back in my day... With the invent
1: of the internet, everybody's listening to everything anyway.
0: Right. Th- that's exactly it. You know, like there, there are people who love this country song and love that heavy metal song and love that hip hop song and love and, this... And stylistically,
1: song. too, like there are genres that the cross are over quite a bit. Taking over certain spots. Like EDM is, you could tell EDM uh, has taken a lot of stylistic th- things from the punk rock scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, like, there's the whole, sh- I don't understand it, but there's people who are shaving one side of their head. <laughs> instead of both sides of their head. Isn't that, isn't that just the Skrillex thing? <laughs> well, but Skrillex came, or like his, he was in a band and toured successfully in a, yeah. like a They're like punk a really rock, Screamo, screamo band. band yeah. yeah, And then, I, th- yeah. I don't know if he got kicked out or quit the band, but he was no longer a part of the band, and he started the whole EDM thing. He didn't start it, but... Well, he, he, he started as dubstep like he, his he, own yeah he he started doing his own thing which was edm yeah and he coined well he helped popularize uh the yeah. whole dubstep thing yeah and then yeah everybody started copying him stylistically but i think he shaves both sides of his head he just flips
0: flips it over to the one so side
1: much of there. his hair onto one side that people are just shaving the one side of their head yeah I mean, I could be wrong, but I and really I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what people think I do, but like a lot of people think I am a DJ because I wear my hair over to one side and you can't see that I have both sides of my head shaved. And actually a- think you're a DJ? Yep. At work? Yep. Interesting. I get asked about DJ controllers all the time because they think that's what I do.
0: Yeah, I is that, is that more just a fact of of you being uh like are, are you the only guy that gets those questions
1: because uh, I, like, other people do get them I would, but I, would but I more I've of... noticed that there are people who actually like oh he looks like he is uh part of the DJ crowd so let's go ask him yeah, and I mean I think a part of that is because of like the electronic music stylistically they do, they do take like a lot of pop uh, punk rock influences yeah. With What's like the, their neon colored hair or weird things like that. I, I think they take a lot of influences um, musically as well. Um, and I think Skrillex has something to do with that. Yeah, that's just, Like I said, he, he did come from like a punk rock screamo background. Right. And he helped popularize his particular genre at the time when he was like 16 and was singing in this band. And then as he was in his twenties, he popularizes dubstep and right. stylistically he'd never changed. He was still like this punk rock guy doing EDM instead of like the short haired scrawny, uh, black t-shirt wearing <laughs> nerd who's playing with his, uh, synthesizer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, as the show's winding down. And people think we're full of shit because we are. Yes. Talking about fashion. Again, a thing that talking we're not about even, fashion
0: and hair. Like this is the second time in 44 episodes, third time in 44 episodes, we've found ourselves talking about hair.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm not going to say a sexist remark this time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we didn't get,
0: we didn't get that much backlash from that one. No? Not that much.
1: Just one or two? Just a few. Yeah. That's all right. Well, I I mean, I think it's pretty well known at this point how <laughs> PC I am, or lack thereof. Lack thereof, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to, I want to share a story. These last few minutes. Okay. And I would love your peanut gallery comments. Okay. Throughout. So had a session on Saturday where um, a handicapped gentleman, a quadriplegic gentleman uh, had written a song uh, a co-writer helped him f- uh, write the music to go along with his lyrics and and we got together a group of musicians on Saturday to record it. The drummer couldn't sh- couldn't make it. Um, because he had a death in the family and, uh, was just through all the, the complications of, of that, just couldn't make it. So we had to improvise last minute. Um, and one of my students did his absolute best and I'm so grateful that he was willing. Um, um,
2: But we actually had to separate to to get even just the simple
0: um, drum rhythm down. We actually had to separate the shells from the hardware, and literally, literally, we it was two limbs at a time. That was all we could record. And so we did kick and snare, okay, in one pass. And we didn't even we didn't even bother with toms. Kick and snare in one pass, and then ride cymbal and crash
1: in and another, another pass. Oh man, yeah,
0: yeah. And it it took us. It must have taken us three and a half hours just to get to that point. And the the kick and snare, um, super simple. We try to keep it super simple, but we even took a two bar sample that was pretty close and looped it you know stops in the right places obviously
1: but um, uh, it almost have been better just to program the drums I think well and and because I had a couple students
0: with me on Saturday I really wanted them to have the experience of recording and well, specifically setting up uh, a drum kit
1: okay you know because don't well, get that all. That like, off, yeah, so, right? that that but okay, that sounds fair as to yeah, why you did it the way you did it.
0: I, I may go back and I may go back and program something um, just to kind of spice up the performance, but Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was a rough stressful day. And again, I'm I'm super thankful for the guy that that gave it a shot because he's he's not a drummer. Beautiful piano player. Not a drummer. And yeah. and he got himself pretty frustrated through the process too. I oh, guess. Okay. Um
1: yeah. We're working on some guests. Yeah. We're uh, uh, in a couple of weeks or something like something that. Something like that. I haven't heard back. We'll get confirmation, but we All gotta right. go. So uh Yeah. See ya. Follow
0: our hosts on Twitter. At Two Bodies of Water.
1: Got that mic in a comfortable spot yet?
0: I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves.
1: On to the internet you go. Go switch off.